As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Part by the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular. New for 2018, the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular will be contested at IHRA tracks around the country with a $10,000 to win Saturday race and a $5,000 to win Sunday race. By pre-entering the Saturday race for only $150, you will receive entry to Sunday's race for free. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Big Jed, what everyone is talking about is this bizarre <laughs> top sportsman final round from the NHRA National Event in Chicago. I assume you've seen this? Yes, I did. Heard about it first and thought, nah, there's no way they missed that. Then I saw it. The reason everybody's talking about this, as much as I would like to think it was because it was Lester Johnson, hashtag Team Luke, Against Don O'Neill, hashtag Team Jed, and it just had the racing world up in arms? Yes. There was a little bit more to it than that. I'm actually pulling out the gate at Route 66 Raceway. I'm listening to the PA, you know, over radio in my truck. Me and Gary rolling out of the track. And I hear him say, Don O'Neill goes red. And I I honestly, I have mixed emotions because O'Neill's a buddy. He and his wife, Diane, helped me take care of Gary all weekend. Me and Gary were up there by ourselves. So I was kind of rooting for him. But then I love Lester and I love that he's dialed 611 
and he's part of Team Luke, so I'm rooting for him, right? I, I don't, <laughs> don't really, I'm going to be happy either way. But I hear him say, O'Neill goes red. Oh, okay, well, that kind of takes the drama out of that. Boy, was I wrong. That did not take the drama out of that. <laughs> I started it. <laughs> yes. Shortly thereafter, the announcer, I think it was Lones on the mic, says, oh, oh, Lester Atkins is out of shape, and whew, he got awful close to the center line, but it looks like Lester Atkins is going to take the win. And then it's silence for a little bit. We're going to have to review that. We'll get back to you. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, O'Neill might have just won a national event whenever he was red in the final. Mm. And as it turns out, that was the decision. NHRA disqualified Lester Johnson for, quote, unquote, crossing the center line. That's odd enough in and of itself, Big Jed. Um, yes. When you see the video, eh, I'm not so sure you cross the center line. Yeah, definitely the angle of the video that I saw did not indicate that he crossed the center line. So they, you know, you'd think that had some intent investing when they, they go down. I'm sure they went down track. Surely, I don't know, but you tell me, don't they go down the racetrack and check out the marks and see if they see marks where they thought he crossed or they just kind of eyeball it and go from there. What? Yeah, I'm, I'm not real clear. Here's the rule. And actually, I wasn't aware of this completely. I said investing. I'm in investigation. Investigating, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, sometimes you could investigate in the stock market, too. The actual rule, and I wasn't completely aware of this because, to be completely honest, this has never been an issue in any race that I've run, okay? Like, somebody crossed the center line, it was pretty obvious. But there are actually two lines in the center of the track, right? Kind of one mm -hmm. for each lane. Mm -hmm. And the rule is that you can touch the line. You just cannot cross the line. Okay, so there is, I mean, you could argue that Lester Johnson's, one of Lester Johnson's, and it has to be the tire cross, not like a part of the car. Right. So you could argue that maybe Lester Johnson's tire touched the line. I think even that's debatable, but it definitely did not cross the line. But the other portion of that rule is that if any timing block is hit, that that's a disqualification. And that obviously is the reason for disqualification in this point. But again, it's not all that obvious. The situation, as I understand it, and again, in the video, you can see clearly Lester gets very, very close to, I believe it was the thousand foot cone, but the cone doesn't appear to budge. And you'd think if you hit it going, I don't know how fast Lester's going at that point, close to 200 <laughs> miles an hour, yeah. it, it would move, right? But the issue in play is that one of the, the reflector in his lane on that timing block was missing and the block had to be replaced. Now you can see on video, probably didn't hit the block. So I'm supposed to take up for Lester here, right? Be like, this is BS. Team Luke got screwed, right? <laughs> but you should, yes. I know I should. But I'm going to take the more diplomatic approach and just try to see this a little bit from both angles. Okay, number one. This is super interesting to me because, like, these are two guys. It's real early in the season. But, A, wait, this could be worth way more than the national championship, Big Jed. This could determine the winner of our pick'em contest. Oh, that's huge. Okay, but this is a basically a final round at a five-round race is a, is a two-and-a-half-round swing. Like, this could, at the end of the year, we could look back and say that round decided the world championship, you know, in one mm. way or the other cost lester johnson it won it for don o'neill like they're both doing great but again back to what i was saying now let me play devil's advocate here a little bit obviously the main reason to have this rule in place is safety like we want to keep cars in their lane 
it looks like Lester kept it in his lane. But I think at least some part of the rule is like any trade don't want to waste any time having to replace the timing block. And when the reflector's gone, they had to replace the timing block. So was the reasoning for that that Lester hit it? No, I don't think so. But he got really close to it with the bullhorn or the collector of his exhaust on the passenger side. And I would assume that that exhaust broke free that reflector. So it's not really crossing the center line. It's not really hitting a block, but it is disturbing the timing equipment. Like that's, I wish they'd come out and say like, that's the reason. But if that's the reason, like that makes a little bit of sense. You think they felt like back in a corner and had to. Oh, now keep in mind, like this is a ridiculously difficult decision. Like whoever makes the call on this. Like, you're wrong either way in the court of public opinion, I think. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? You can't win. Yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, I don't buy, like, the letter of black and white of the rule book. I'm, I'm not sure this is the right call. But I'm not sure it's not. <laughs> yeah. That's a, did I straddle the fence good enough there? Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Now, Thank this you. is uh, Election Tuesday uh, here in <laughs> Alabama, so uh, uh, you could have you qualified for a major seat in the government, but. I'm with you there. I, again, I, I picked at you a little bit, but I don't know what you do. But you have to, at some point, lean on common sense and what you actually see. And that was that it didn't cross the center line. Sure and up. I never saw the cone move. That's valid point. Valid points on both ends. So interesting discussion. And we'll talk more about it because we're actually going to have the benefactor of that decision, Don O'Neill. <laughs> With us on to discuss, that was actually, after it's all said and done, that was his second national event win of the year. That's the way it will go down in the books. And we'll recap all of the action from the weekend, from Joliet, from a number of big dollar bracket races from across the country. But as typical, let's kick this thing off with our Siebert performance. Who's hot? He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Siebert performance, who's hot? Siebert Performance is now offering engine and carburetor packages. This week's featured package is the Pro Series Bracket 441 LS Neck. It is a 750 horsepower LS-based small block built with reliability and longevity in mind. It's got the good stuff. It's got a dart block. It's got trick flow heads, a vacuum pump, coil packs, and an optional Siebert Performance carburetor is available in the package. Contact Luke Siebert at 785 785- 286-6813 or check them out at SiebertPerformance.com. Luke, we've been doing this, I was this 79? What show? This is 80. This is show 80. I don't think we've had a combo who's hot. This week we've got just that. Yeah, we could have gone a few different directions with this. There was a handful of candidates just from Joliet, just from the NHRA National Event in Chicago between the All-Stars and the regular race. A lot of guys showed out but none more so than the tandem the team the dynamic duo if you will (laughs) of justin lamb and kyle seipel those two made the trek to joliet from las vegas had a stock entry a super stock entry a top dragster entry as well as uh one all-stars i believe it was super stock justin in the end two wins one runner-up, All-Star semifinal. 
you can't do much better than that, Big Chad. <laughs> no, they nearly made the maximum amount of runs that they could make with those cars. And, and having four shots is <laughs> really difficult to get your max runs. They fell one short of the max. But Baby J and, and Big Nasty, obviously we've had both on the show, uh, both friends of the podcast. Podcast bumped to both of them. But they work so well together. They both fill their role within the team so well. As Justin has talked about, Kyle is a huge help in getting him prepared for the round and, you know, dialing the car and just all the, the things that you need to take to the starting line with you. And then Kyle, obviously, leaning on Justin and Chris for great equipment and, and something competitive, and he takes care of the rest. It's just truly, a, if you look at their record, Luke, and I know you know it fairly well, what they've accomplished since they've teamed up is is really phenomenal. And this past weekend was just a another opportunity for them to expand on that. And it was a great job by both of them. Yeah, no doubt. Two drivers that are incredible in their own right. And I think it's rare when you get two guys that are that good that when you put them together, the sum is greater than the two parts. But I think those yeah. two are. Those two just click together. And this was just yet another example of it. And Justin Lamb, like we talked about him, he doubled up at, at Vegas. He's been to four national events and he already owns a perfect national event scorecard in Superstock. Three wins. And in stock, I mean, he's really struggling along. I believe he's got a win in two runner ups. <laughs> so he did say basically stood up on the mountain and told everybody at the beginning of the year, I'm not chasing another NHRA world championship, which he already owns four. It's going to be hard not to go to some points meets at this point. And that pick that I kind of snickered at Kevin McKenna about, because I, and I was like, well, Justin's not going to the races. <laughs> and that has, has, that's team Kevin in both classes, Justin Lamb. That pick's looking pretty strong. I have a feeling that that uh, JLKS team has some NHRA Lucas Oil events in their future. Yeah, I'm certain of that as well. And I know our listeners know, but Justin's coming off a double national championship in stock and super stock in 2017. Obviously looking real good if he wants to continue to chase in both categories. Looking real good to be a factor when that's all said and done. So it truly is amazing. The guy's phenomenal on the bottom bulb just very 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 impressive we all know how kyle how good kyle is as well so hope to see that team continue to get out there and chase kyle's got a bit of a challenge uh, having a kind of a real job now but hopefully they find their way to more events together and continue to do it but uh, although they were the Seabrook performance who's hot luke they were not the only hot racers out there this past weekend there's a bunch no, um, just at Joliet, like I, it was incredible. Like, hey, you could have given the Seaber performance who's hot to all of Division Four. Like they rocked, run away for the Jags All Stars title. In the end, Division One actually got really close, but Division Four ended up with the crown. And then in the regular event, like the super classes were dominated by Division Four. I think it was all Division Four finals except Larry Bernhausen snuck in in Super Gas uh, as a runner up. But in Super Comp, you had Austin Williams over Coy Collier, a couple of Division Four guys. Supergas win went Coy Collier. That's one another candidate for who's hot. Obviously, Super Comp runner-up, Supergas win 
Super Street was Val Harmon over Cole Cummins, another couple of Division Four guys. <laughs> really impressive showing from the South Central Division. Aaron Stanfield, another member of Team KMAC. We could have put Kevin McKenna as this week's Who's Hot. Um, <laughs> Stanfield not only held the flag for Division Four in the All-Stars competition. I think they had four finalists, but I believe Aaron was the only Jags All-Stars winner, and they needed that to get past Division One. Then he also came back and was runner-up in top dragster to the aforementioned Kyle Siples. So huge weekend for those guys. I mentioned Austin Williams. He not only won Super Comp in the main event, he runnered up Super Comp in the All-Stars. We talked about Collier's near double, talked about Stanfield's near double. Cole Cummings, another one. He was in the semifinals of Super Comp in addition to that runner-up in Super Street. Big weekend for some of that Division Four bunch. And I'm, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a little bit off the grid here because this was interesting. Like, there's something to this, okay? For those of you not aware, m- my wife is eight months pregnant. So as, as an opportunity to uh, kind of give her a weekend off, uh, a weekend, and you would think when I say that, that's a weekend away from the five-year-old. It's probably a weekend away from her husband, too. Um, <laughs> so Gary and I packed up, went to Joliet, like, guy's trip, right? And obviously, yeah. I'm running two cars, and I've got a five-year-old with me, so I need a little bit of help. So I leaned on on some friends for some help. And as it ended up, like, this is nuts. The only person, basically, that Gary spent any amount of time with over the weekend that failed to win was me. When I ran in Supercomp, Gary stayed with Don and Diane O'Neill, who we'll have on the show momentarily. Don, as he said after the race, was awarded the win in Top Sportsman. He is the winner in Top Sportsman. When I ran in Top Dragster, Gary hung out with Austin Williams and his parents, Melinda and Greg. Austin won Supercomp. When it was time for a nap, Gary took a nap in Justin Lamb's motorhome. Justin won Superstock, runner up stock. When Gary woke up from his nap, if I was off doing something, you know who he hung out with? Kyle Seipel. Kyle won top dragster. All day Saturday and for most of the day Sunday, Gary played with his buddy Carly Coughlin. That's Jake's daughter. Jake won pro stock. Like, if you associated with my five year old in Chicago and your name wasn't Luke, you held up a Wally. So <laughs> that is crazy where I would normally pay for like a sitter. I'm going to take applications. The next national event I'm going to is Indy. If you want to hang out with Gary, let me know. <laughs> you never dropped him off in Clay Milliken's pit, did you? No, he didn't get to hang out with Clay. I wish I could take credit <laughs> for that. too. <laughs> no, that is really amazing that that was his group he hung with and they performed extremely well. Drop him off in my pit anytime, bud. <laughs> so that kind of covered, we kind of covered the Route 66 Forceman categories there, but the All-Stars was, uh, again, uh, f- uh, just a who's who. Guys, getting it done out there, Luke. I know you uh, enjoy the All-Stars event. You got to witness this firsthand as well. Yeah, I love watching the All-Stars. It is one of the, it's right up there in my mind with the Million Dollar Race, with Monday at Indy, like of just electric atmospheres in sportsman drag racing. It is an awesome thing. It's an awesome thing to be a part of, and it's an awesome thing just to watch. This year's winners, Jeff Strickland, top dragster. The aforementioned Lester Johnson won the All-Stars and top sportsman, was in the final of top sportsman at the main event. It came as close as anyone to that Jags double-up bonus. I mean, literally, like within millimeters of 
the Jake's double up bonus. Mike Robolato, Division One rep, got the win over Austin Williams in Super Comp. Ken Mostowich from the other coast, Division Seven, got the win in Super Gas over Jackson Collier. Phil Smida, rep in Division Three, was your winner in Super Street. And Smida was another one, had a huge weekend. He got to the semis of the main event in Super Street as well. We mentioned Aaron Stanfield getting the win in Superstock over James Antonette. That was Antoinette coming back as the blocker after last year's win, if I'm not mistaken. And Stock, our buddy Ryan Mangus got the win driving the Jegmobile, yeah. the, uh, the Jegs Challenger drag pack stock eliminator entry. Yeah, and what was interesting to me there was uh, that car I don't think has been out in a little while, so uh, Ryan brought it out and, and got it done. And the top dragster final was the, the previous two years' national champions mm. uh, squaring up against one another. So that's uh, that was a, a nice thing there for Jeff Strickland and Lynn Ellison. But overall, just looked like I got to peek into those results, and it looked like those guys, all of those winners were driving well and Team Division Four got the win, as you mentioned, just a really a dominating performance. Although they they just squeaked by Division One, but when you look at what Division Four did there, like you said, it was truly truly impressive. But uh, Luke, there was obviously was some big bracket racing as well that uh, we want to discuss. The No Box Bonanza, we talked about that race on what's on tap last week at uh, Norwalk. And just to really a feel-good story there, Friday's winner was uh, Nick Bauman over Zach Carroll. Just about three years ago exactly or to the month, Nick Bauman was in an incident there or an accident there where he was hit by a fellow racer at the far end of the racetrack and really just destroyed his car. It looked like it would, would not make it to the track ever again. And those him and his... Uh, Family and friends did not give up. They basically rebuilt it. Took him quite a while, and he went back and got his first big win at Norwalk for ten thousand dollars. So that was a again a feel good story for him and Nadine, as he calls his Mopar. <laughs> that was really cool. And uh, this next guy that won on Saturday, uh, Donnie Hagar, he beat uh, Matt Obertanic, which we all know how talented Matty O is. But Hagar's been on fire. He's uh, he's a young man uh, that has done quite well uh, this year and uh, making a name for himself. Uh, he had two cars in at the quarters, and you can't double the same car. you got to run two different cars. So he was in two different cars, and you're talking about big fielder racers, talented racers. So really cool to see uh, Donnie Hagar get it done and our buddy Matty O getting out basically for the first time outside of running some stock eliminator getting him a runner-up in Saturday's program. Sunday was wrapped up by Brian Fleener over uh, Kevin Chess. So another good event there, the no-box bonanza at Norwalk, 10Ks. Yeah, just down the road from Norwalk in Ohio at Dragway 42 was the inaugural American Dream Summer Shootout. This was the event put on by Jacob Elrod, Marco Abruzzi, and Travis Colangelo. It looked like they fought some weather, but an excellent turnout. And every report I heard from it was uh, that uh, it was an awesome race. They passed the test with flying colors. Friday, I believe every day was twenty grand to win. Friday's yep. winner was Mark Derrick. They call him Pudge. Pudge? Great nickname. What is it with Ohio and nicknames? Like, I'm not familiar with Pudge. Like, I wasn't familiar with Skirt. Like, do you, is this a prerequisite <laughs> when you race in Ohio? You got to have some some cool nickname? You know, most of the guys I know from there seem to have some kind of nickname, so it could be. It may just be huh. their thing. 
was Pudge over Scott Sill <laughs> in Friday's main event. Saturday, Kirby McLennan. This looked like Norwalk domination to me. I, I mean, I think of these, I, I think of the winners here as Norwalk racers, and I realize that Dragway 42 is not far away, but I'd also know that this event drew in some of the best racers from around the country and the local boys, the Norwalk boys, the Summer Motorsports Park boys definitely proved their medal. Kirby McLennan with the win Saturday over doug linden i gotta hear a shout out to kevin romeo for making it down to four cars nice work kevin friend of the podcast like our producer-in-law or something there that's whatever that is (laughs) producer shout out shout out to kevin great job bud (laughs) and then sunday was chris bear another norwalk regular believe former norwalk track champion getting the win over kenny underwood who's another guy that's been red hot we were just talking about underwood last week for winning a 50 grander up at martin michigan yeah skinny's been on fire and the american shootout which was kind of the the highlight race of the event there was a, a unique field comprised just of american race cars customers in american race cars fabricated race cars that win went to eric manuel another young man out of that is typically a norwalk racer again norwalk domination up there at the american dream summer shootout but shout out to eric manuel Yeah, great job by uh, the gang there putting on uh, that shootout or that event. And, uh, again, just like you said, I heard nothing but good from it. So uh, looking forward to seeing those guys come back out with event number two at some point. Uh, The IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular, Luke, that we've talked about quite a bit. Uh, You know, they've they've battled weather. seemed like everywhere they've gone, but they got to get them an event in at Extreme Raceway Park down in Ferris, Texas. Beautiful facility. And those guys uh, kicking off. A uh, great Summit Sportsman Spectacular event. Saturday's winner was Brent Lancaster. Got the Moser Engineering $10,000 payday. And uh, the Junior Dragster category was won by Austin Green. And uh, Sid Mars was the um, the last man standing in the no-box category on Saturday. So had a, a, a fine event there on Saturday. They wrapped it up on Sunday with the 5K. Kurt Harvey, the second, which is red hot right now, got the winner on Sunday's event for 5K, Caden Green was your junior dragster champion, and Josh Reynolds was the last no-box racer standing. So great to see IHRA getting a, a full event in with some big winners there at, the, at a beautiful new facility down there in Texas. Yeah, Jed, you mentioned Kurt Harvey, red hot. That's a $5,000 win hot on the heels of his $20,000 runner-up at Memphis uh, a week prior. And if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, like I think I saw a Facebook post from Kurt. Like I think he won both days of like a local bracket race the week prior to that. So Kurt Harvey mm-hmm. another would have been another good candidate in any week other than the one that Justin Lanham and Kyle Seipel basically run the table at <laughs> arguable tested national event in on the schedule with the Jags All-Stars going on and people coming in from all over the place. In any other week, Kurt Harvey would have definitely uh, had a, a foot to stand on, uh, laid claim to the secret performance who's hot, but hard to knock off JL and KS right now. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available. Subscribe. And you can do that on 
Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. June 29th through July the 1st. IHRA will bring their new Summit Sportsman Spectacular to Wilkesboro Dragway in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. Now, the main event will be Saturday's $10,000 to win race, while Sunday will pay $5,000 to win. Both races allow electronics, while no box entries will be kept separate until only one remains. That racer will receive a bonus of $1,000 on Saturday and $500 on Sunday. If that racer is an IHRA Summit Super Series member, they receive a bonus of another $500. This event will provide something for everybody. It's got Ironmen, big checks for the winners. There'll be round prizes, contingency. There's a golf cart race and a racer appreciation cookout. Pre-entry, again, is only $150 for the Wilkesboro event. That will run until June the 18th. Pre-enter now at IHRA.com. In addition, this week's podcast is presented in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. How can This Is Bracket Racing Elite help you become a better racer? For one, we have experienced instructors, myself included, for you to model. Now, I've made just about every mistake possible in my 20 years of racing. You can learn from them rather than hopefully doing it yourself in the hard way, trial and error. Modeling can significantly accelerate the learning process. We'll provide the appropriate trainings, the drills, exercises to enhance your game. Now, you've got to do the work, but we provide the tools. And best of all, the group provides accountability. We don't just suggest what to do. This is Bracket Racing Elite members will motivate and challenge you to follow through. Elite is essentially its own check and balance. Now, if you want to reach and expand your potential on the racetrack, this is Bracket Racing Elite can help. Check it out at thisisbracketracing.com. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys, as promised, uh, we've got on the phone now the, the guy that's kind of in the middle of what everyone's talking about that we led the show with, and uh, we're going to get his take on that. He's a two-time NHRA national event winner and top sportsman, a former runner-up at the Big Go in Indy and Super Comp in 2010, and the latest winner of the Route 66 Nationals and top sportsman. Great to have Don O'Neill with us. Don, what's going on tonight, bud? What's going on, Jed? Thank you, Luke, for having me on. I'm just uh, sitting over here still trying to get some clarity and uh, understanding of what's transpired in the last uh, 96 hours or so forth. Sounds like you're with the rest of us. Hey, congrats <laughs> on the win. But obviously, let's let's start with what everyone really wants to know. Take us through this bizarre final round from your perspective and, and I guess the resulting de de decision from NHRA. Like, how'd this all go down from the driver's seat? Yeah, it, that, uh, bizarre is a really good word, and, and I actually spent most of the day yesterday looking up other good words that could be supplemented or or inserted. That's a better one. Inserted instead of win. Uh, and I came up, <laughs> basically, me and Webster came up with awarded. Because, uh, you know, we're all racers, right? We turned it red, and we got the L. 
so I was didn't really win. I was awarded based off of a disqualification. So that's kind of what I've been going with and, and going to continue to use, uh, you know, going forward. Um, bizarre. That's a, that's a good term. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was awarded the win. So I've got one national event win and one awarded national event. How about that? Um, no, that's not, the, that's not the way the books are going to show it, Don. We'll give you credit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, I mean, I had had a pretty decent weekend and, and felt like I deserved, you know, not deserved, but had earned the right to be in the final. So, I, I mean, I was feeling pretty good. And um, for whatever silly reason, I thought I needed to be a little tighter on the tree uh, based on the way that it looked in the afternoon at Joliet, and it cost me. And so uh, as I saw his wind light come on when the front end sat down, I stepped off the gas and turned the nitrous off and just kind of eased on down the racetrack and actually shifted the car in the second gear by hand because, hey, it was time to go. And my, you know, I was uttering all of those words that we don't want people to hear, and we're glad we don't have in-car <laughs> radios uh, for the, you know, the fans at the racetrack. And so, uh, as I went on down, I had knew nothing at all what, what was going on behind me. At, I mean, just completely oblivious. I didn't hear Lester, didn't see him, nothing. I went off the end of the racetrack and uh, was trying to make that little turn if you will, it's Chicago if you've ever been there because I was pitted at the very far end of the racetrack and they kept waving me over to the right and I'm like, I don't need to go over here. I just lost. I, there's a trailer over there and that's where I'd really like to go. And the guy opens the door and he goes, hey, just uh, hold tight here. You just, we think you just won. And I went, what? And he goes, he hit a block. And I went, How? because I went red, you know, in my mind, well, he saw his, if I saw his school board light up, he should have seen his school board light up in my mind. And I'm going, well, he's idling down the racetrack thinking about the double up money that he just collected. That's what I would have been thinking about. And how did he hit a block, you know? And so I'm getting out of the car and they're like, no, he cut a tire or tire went down or whatever. And he clipped it with his zoomy going by. And I went, really? Are you sure? And, you know, I mean, it's kind of like, I'm like, I know that Ashton Kutcher's not around with the show Punk anymore, but I'm kind of thinking that somebody's going to jump out and go, oh, I gotcha. You know, it was. It was a roller coaster of emotion at that moment. Um, And when they finally, I was, you know, obviously there's a little delay in the NHRA communications and the PA, the public death system, and I hear it over the radio as the official standing there. Uh, you know, that they declared me the winner. And I was like, I'll take being lucky over being good any day of the week. You know, and that's what I said. I think the NHL guys thought I was crazy. Uh, everything. I mean, I hated it that was that way. But it's like, hey, I'll just take being lucky. Um, and I still, until today, today was the first time that I actually saw uh, the video from All Access. I guess they had a delay putting it up or whatever. And it, uh, today was the first time I saw it. Everything transpired. My wife was trying to tell me how close he came to running into me. And, you know, and, and dies kind of, you know, we've had an up and down year in top sportsmen and our little circle of racing friends within our company. And so she's, you know, accidents are going on and her mind swirling and, and everything. And I'm going, 
there's no way he was that close. Oh, he was pretty close. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, I, I mean, that just really was the whole deal. And to be honest with you, we were on the return road there going back for the Florida Champions, and they came up and I said, you know what, stop. You know, I told Charles Myers, I gave him the big old Heisman Trophy stiff arm. I said, nope, I don't want it. Don't give it to me. I'm not touching it. Stop taking photos. Just stop. You need to call call the town again and make sure that that's absolutely sure. I'm not touching it until you're 110% sure that you're not taking it back. You right. Because in my mind, I'm thinking of Steve Johnson. You know, I'm thinking of all these other uh, situations or times where there's been just these circumstances that they go back and, and I'm like, you know, call the tower and Charles and, and Joe Costello are like, look at me like, Don, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm just stop. I'm not touching it. Go away <laughs> so, from me. Stop taking photos. Make sure. So you thought Steve Harvey was delivering the, the information on, <laughs> on who won. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's pretty good right there. <laughs> now you brought up a, <laughs> you brought up a point down that we, we left out inadvertently from the open. Not, not only was this the national event final, but for Lester Johnson, he had won the all-stars earlier in the weekend. So in addition to the event purse, this is for the, what is it? $5,000 Jags bonus for doubling up. Um, so even more on the line, just crazy, bizarre. And as you had alluded to, too, and, and we didn't really cover in the open, something like that, obviously this run is well out of the norm for Lester, but it, it did appear that he ran over something, something cut the front tire to cause all this mess and out of control and uh, cross the center line or close to the center line or whatever he ended up getting. Now, you said you've seen the video. I don't know. You're putting you in a bad spot here, but... Having seen it, like, do you agree with the decision? So my advantage point over seeing the video is, is that when I'm looking at it, and I have no problem telling anybody, I'm looking at it on a Mac computer, you know, blown up and, and, and so <laughs> right. forth. I, I, I'm, you know, I have no, you know, it's not like I was looking at it on my iPhone or my flip phone or whatever the case is. Uh, when he's coming down the racetrack and you can see the glare of being able to check, you know, the depth perception, if you will, or the extent that his zoomies are out and how far away from the body they are. When it goes by and you see it close the gap and, you you know, whether they call that the exhaust, the tip of it or whatever, but you see it blow up. And as it goes by, you can see shiny stuff come back down. And whether that's the foam or the reflector, reflector material right. that they were talking about, you know, that's that's what I see. I mean, that's, no, and that's you know, what we I'm, tried to clarify in the open. Like, I don't, my understanding of this, A, we went over the rule. And, but my understanding is that there's no, you, like, he definitely didn't cross the center line. But he may very well have hit the timing block. And that's obviously the reason for disqualification. Like, you can't say, you get, I mean, he got close to the center line, but he definitely, almost certainly didn't cross it like but if you clip that timing block that's it so that i think is very very much in debate and as jed and i said earlier like how would you like to be the the guy i assume guy the person in charge that makes that decision like that's a you cannot win like that's a tough spot so a little bit of empathy for the nhra officials there don i'm interested i mean go ahead sorry 
No, I was just going to say I'm interested, like, in the moment, did you get the opportunity? Like, was was Lester, were you guys together on the return road getting to talk about it? What was his take on it? Was he adamant that, no, I did not? Or like, wow, I, I knew I was close and I must have? Or how did that go? I, I got to have, like, maybe 15 seconds a couple different times uh, with Lester in the vicinity, uh, you know, everything, obviously. When they got his car off the racetrack, you know, and they told him that he had been DQ'd, he went to the tower, and, and I saw and when I saw Andy. Andy had said, you know, he was in the tower with the officials, and and I said okay, and then you know, Lester came back down on, on the you know the the road and and said, you know, hey, they're not going to overturn it, but I don't think I hit it, and and so forth, and and then today Lester and I had you know a, a cell phone conversation because I you know my thing is is that even though I had nothing to do with the decision, it's not like I had a vote or, you know, I pulled the lucky number or whatever the case is. I'm just a racer just like he is. And there's rules and people make decisions and that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I called him to say, Hey, you know, I want to make sure that there's no ill will or, you know, a uh, bad mojo between the two of us because we are peers in the sport. It's not like that's going to be the last time I'm I'm going to line up beside Lester at a race. It's not going to be the last time I'm going to see Lester at a race. And I don't want there to be anything between he and I. And I, you know, and I just wanted to make sure that that was there because we both tried to better the sport through, you know, your division three, uh, top sportsman, top dragster group and so forth. So we've had numerous conversations business-wise and sponsors and marketing and so forth. I just wanted to make sure that, that, you know, professionally, we we still had mutual respect for each other because I did. I mean, holy cow, he's driving driving the fastest top sportsman car out there right now. That we all have to look over our shoulder at a thirty mile you know thirty mile an hour split at the strike. So I mean, you got mad respect for the guy from that standpoint, and he gets it down the racetrack on a regular basis. So I mean, it's he's never done anything to anyone to ever garner any kind of disrespect. Or, you know, in return or to feel like he's a bad person or sure. or anything of that matter. So I, I just wanted to make sure from that standpoint. But, I mean, I don't really get a say. I have an opinion. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I just, uh, I'm, I just realistically, if you have to look at it, you know, I'm a military guy. So, you know, everything is about a risk assessment and point of view and perception. I'm just glad that he did cut a tire at 160 miles an hour and didn't cut the tire at 220 and yeah. i'm glad that i was red and not green and he and i having two watered up race cars um you know the, if you want to have that much vision to to say that that possibility could be there uh based on these circumstances but um yeah it's a tough deal i like i said in my interview uh i mean i hate it for him he's double up i mean last year it was mark uh, so then that's the division three top sportsman guy winning the all-stars and then going on to double up. I mean, that's a, that'd be a pretty cool thing to have for back to back. Yeah. As you mentioned last year, that was your teammate, Mark McDonald with the, uh, dragster for sale, uh, Mustang getting that double up bonus. Uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Your, your season in general, like, I mean, I know you were ecstatic after Charlotte, maybe hit a little bit of a brief lull there, but all of a sudden, this is looking like something that has a ton of potential, Don O'Neill. Two national event wins, a quarterfinal. Are you planning on going to any points meets? I see you haven't been to one yet. 
Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and that's a, that's probably the question I get asked the most. Are, are, are you national and renting it up all year? And the answer is yes, I am. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Luke, you and I, Jed, we've known each other for well over a decade. And yes. I've put a lot of effort into it. And to have the opportunity to be able to go to a national event and, tr- and race on NHRA's dime, if you will, uh, I might never have the opportunity ever again, right? And so that's our thing is that we're going to go to as many national events that have top sports from this year. We are going to – we're going to comp- – you know, complete the divisional run that we need to to run for the world, uh, obviously, as well as try to win a division championship. Uh, and, you know, Jake's all-star and everything that we all try to do. But, yeah, I have already been to five. have uh, two bad ones that I would just really like to forget uh, and have three good ones that are, are kind of cool, you know, that, wow, I can't believe that's really how we started our year. Yeah, no question. Got to uh, got to be bullish for Team Jed. I mean, obviously, there's a long way to go, but uh, it, I mean, national championship is not out of the question at this point, O'Neill. Uh, I remember somebody on a I remember somebody in a dirt floor shop one night having a conversation about the fact that if you if you don't count points, they'll call you up when you're done. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> Right, they'll call you. Right, and now you call me. They'll call you. Um, and so that's. I mean, we are. I mean, don't, I am. I have seventy-five more points now than I had for na- all of last year for national points, and I feel like that's a really good improvement over last year. Obviously, uh, but I still have a lot of racing to do, and there's a lot of people out there that still have a lot of racing to do. And you got people like Sandy. I mean, Bud Press, Lester. Lester's making a huge run. You still got Hollywood out there, who, who I honestly believe, as far as nitrous cars, other than Sandy, probably has one of the most consistent competitive nitrous cars in the country, uh, as far as top sportsman goes for NHR. I mean, there's a lot of racing there. Can't throw Mark, you know, can't throw Mark out of the boat. He still has a lot of racing to go. Uh, had a good finish last year. I mean, there's just a lot of people out there, and and what's worse is the fact that. You take Barker out of the mix, we all have a chance. You know, Mr. <laughs> Humble Pie down there in in Georgia can, you know, act, oh, golly, gee, shucks, whatever, all he wants. But, I mean, he leaves the pool, and the pool all of a sudden, it ain't such a, a small, you know, fishbowl now. Uh, it's pretty open. And so, uh, you know, the winningest top sportsman guy around, gets out of top sportsman and go plays pro mod and he's playing crew chief for Lindsay. He's, I really feel like has a solid shot to be a, a world champ, if not a division champ this year with him tuned in and, and so forth. So don't go, uh, don't go putting that horse uh, out there in front of a cart to try to drag it around yet. Luke. But uh, I'm, we're Diane and I and everybody involved. We're, yeah. we're going to put our best foot forward to uh, try to chase the world. Well, I right. will say this. Just sorry, I keep cutting you off, Jed. I, I like talking to Don. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> not get the opportunity to race on NHRA's dime again. I'm going to say that if you're going to the divisional events, like maybe a world championship is uh, is a lofty goal, but 
to think that you could finish in the top 10 again, have a silver card again, and do this all over in 2019, I, I don't think that that's uh, outside of uh, expectation at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And, and if I can call you know, at this point, uh, I'm going to call that, uh, like, that would be like, you know, the military, that would be like a, a standard uh, I'm going to say at that point, I'm in, I'm in maintaining mode. If I could maintain a top 10 in the world position uh, going into 2019, that would be great. Uh, but I would really like to, uh, up, you know, always improve, always striving to, to get a little higher. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, Don, you can put that cart in front of the horse or the horse in the cart or wherever you want to put it. But your hashtag Team Jed, you're on fire <laughs> and I'm loving you and I don't know how many people picked you this year to win the world championship, but I did. So just keep on keeping on. Go to as many races as you can. Just keep kicking tail, bud, because I'm pulling for you. I need you. I will make it completely easy for you on how many people pick me to win the world. You're it. (laughs) Well, I may turn into somebody that had tremendous vision or, you know, I may – just fall where I normally fall, somewhere back in the pack. But I'm still pulling for you, whether I got you on my team or not. Uh, we're all pulling for you. But um, on a on a little bit more serious note, I guess, and, and more somber note, you were there in Atlanta. Um, you know exactly what happened. You witnessed the accident that that took Randy Alexander's life. And um, Don, you know, we've seen a lot of discussion, heard a lot of discussion, and, and saw what Bob said uh, in the interview, and understand it affects a lot of people. But you personally, you knew Randy well. How does that, something like that affect you? See, I'm really the wrong person to ask. I, and and I, I mean, that's the probably not the answer you're looking for. I don't want to say that I'm wired different because of the military side, but, you know, we all roll up in the staging lanes. We all put on our gear. We all strap in the car. We all realize um, that something could happen. Um, I feel like that, that, you know, I'd probably put that out of my mind because of every time you put on a rucksack and you put on a helmet, something could happen. Um, So, how does it affect me? It affects my wife more than anything um, because now everything is elevated for her because she was there. She witnessed it. Um, she was dodging debris at the finish line because she was on the golf cart coming to get me. I, I mean, he was the pair behind me um, down the racetrack. And so it was very horrific for her. Um, so it becomes a bigger issue and talking point. But I also feel like, you know, you guys, you know, the week that you talked about it, I feel like you opened up more people's eyes to have those conversations with their loved ones or significant others, because I believe that the majority does take it for granted that, hey, guess what? This is not that big a deal. I'm just going to go make a lap here and I'll be right back. I'll meet you at the trailer and we'll have a sandwich and a Coke and we'll be good. Uh, and I feel like more people now kind of look at it a little differently. You know, you know, we had an accident at Chicago this weekend, uh, four or five pair in front of us and a top sportsman car. And it's like, you know, the first thing, you know, you hear it and you're like, huh, everybody jumps out of their cars and they run because it's like now at this point, it's not business as usual. Now it's like, we're just waiting. 
it's for the next situation to happen. Um, and so uh, everybody, I think, is tightening up their belts a little more. I think people paying a little bit more attention to their equipment. And, uh, you know, we got spot checked this past week uh, in Chicago. I was very happy about it. You know, uh, the tech folks are actually like, hey, you know, we know you won, but we got to stop you. And I'm like, by all means, check whatever it is you want, because if you're checking me, that means you're checking the other guy, and it may save both of our lives. So, I I mean, I get it. Um, But it it is tragic, uh, because that guy was competing in a sport that, you know, for all intents and purposes, he loved to do. It's what he did for fun. And uh, fun is what uh, I hope he will remember uh, as he as he exited this part of the uh, life and world. So, uh, yeah, it was a bad deal. Um, uh, I hated to see it happen and uh, hate it for his family. I hate it for his family, for that matter, regardless of what class it may be. Yeah, it was tragic, but, you know, uh, you touched on it. Uh, the next part of the question was how it's affected the top sportsman community, and you basically took us down that road as well. But, you know, from tragedy, hopefully uh, comes um, a lesson, um, experience, an opportunity to, to do something better that, that somebody else didn't get. So, you know, ideally it will help improve safety. It'll help guys be a little more prepared and aware and um you know you don't you don't want this to happen to create those things but uh sounds like you and uh, the rest of your fellow top sportsman racers are, are using that the best way you can absolutely i i mean you have to you know what eric medlin what happened to him and look at all of the innovations and all the teams and companies and so forth have put forth into racing uh, Simpsons, no different, you know, all the safety companies, you have to go through that and say, okay, you know, can I put more padding over here? Or, you know, is that nitrous bottle bracket really the best that could possibly help me? Uh, you know, what happens if he comes through the car, if somebody hits me, you know, you go through those things, uh, you know, emergency procedures or evasive actions or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I, I mean, I can honestly, I mean, I spun the car out at Charlotte. Uh, I've had two spin outs from parachute uh, situations. And, you know, I tell everybody, yeah, okay, I haven't rolled a car over, but I've had two solid opportunities to have a wrecked race car in the last 12 months. And mm-hmm. I don't. Now, whatever it is that kept me from doing that, whether it on the parking brake when I was a kid uh, and learned how to, you know, <laughs> drive out. Whatever the case may be, um, I didn't. But at the same time, it can happen at any moment, and we just have to be prepared for it. Yeah, it is the harsh reality of what we do, and especially on the level that you guys are doing it uh, with those 200-mile-per-hour door cars. So, Don, definitely uh, – Thanks for for coming on and sharing your part of what happened there in Chicago and your take on it and talking about your season, all the other things we talked about. Uh, Congrats on that, and we appreciate. But you're a listener. You know we're not done. You know that we have rapid fire, and we got five that we're going to run at you. Uh, I know you're up for it. There's no point in me even asking. 
don't know. They said it'd be good. I actually, honestly, until you just mentioned that, I forgot about it. So, because uh, I'm used to listening, not being the guy on the end of the phone. Uh, I'm just looking right, through the. I'm looking through good. the questions. I, I think we're being easy on you, Don. So, um, okay. <laughs> given your um, your company, the company that you work for, dragstersforsale.com, um, given the your involvement in top dragster and and top sportsman obviously with two cars running in top sportsman with you and mark and uh boss man jb strasswig running in top dragster i thought this was a pertinent question when will we get to see top dragster and top sportsman be contested at the big go i know one of the races that's closest to your heart uh i honestly don't think that will happen prior to 2020 um, I believe that based on, and I say that just based off of a simple business decision that if you think about Indy and how many cars attend there and the parking that goes on for the sportsman guys and you insert top sportsman and top dragster guys that almost all have 85 foot length rigs, uh, that are well over, you know, most of them are well over a quarter million dollars. Uh, who absolutely need projects. Most top sportsman cars do almost almost all the top sportsman cars do, and most of the top dragster guys do. There's too many logistical on property issues, uh, concerns as far as safety and parking for them because we've all been to Indy when it's rained and it's been pulled out of the mud at Indy. Um, so I just don't feel like until. Uh, the efficiency. I feel like NHRA is getting more efficient with their their events and their TV productions and so forth. I just don't see that happening anytime soon from a business standpoint. Does that mean I would love for somebody in Glendora, California, or Brownsburg, Indiana, to make me a complete nutter liar? <laughs> Absolutely, because I would enter as soon as they announce it. That was the longest rapid fire question and answer <laughs> in podcast history, but it was very good discussion. Uh, Don, Don, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Ooh, hate to lose. Yeah, hate to lose. Uh, this is uh, admittedly this is more of a personal question, but I know I feel like you're somewhat of an authority on it, so I'm just going to pick your brain, and I'm using the rapid fire segment to do that. Best okay. method of physical training for mental awareness and focus. Best physical training to increase mental awareness and focus. I or maybe maybe hate, mental stamina. I used to hate up downs when we had to count, and uh, you know if you just had to do twenty up downs, you, it was no big deal. But when you had to do up downs and you had to do them, in, you had to do them in repetition, and you had to stay in the rhythm with thirty other guys, and it's like you're trying to focus and you're listening and watching and. And so that was one of those exercises that worked on your mental because you had to be, you had to be aware of your surroundings always. Uh, so that, that's, that for me was probably, was probably the one 
and you got to watch the guy in front of you and the guy to your left and the guy to your right. And then you're trying to hear the guy behind you on your back and you're going up, down, up, down, up, down. You're like, Jesus Christ, help me. I can't stay in rhythm. (laughs) No wonder I'm so mentally unaware. I don't do a lot of up downs. I know that's a surprise. (laughs) Don, what is your, what's your favorite hobby outside of racing? Oh, is there one? Are you are you supposed to have one? I thought that was it. It seems like it's all I do is work and race. If I got to say I got a favorite hobby outside of racing, I do enjoy swinging the golf club, um, which is another, once again, a mental, a mental thing um, to try to forget that I, I honestly say I always had a problem forgetting the last run and moving on and not make that same mistake twice. Uh, so playing golf is probably something that I would rank very high up in there. Uh, seeing as you have had the opportunity to experience both of these in recent years, better feeling national event win or your beloved Tar Heels winning a national championship. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Luke nailed it. Because I yeah, because we have worked so hard for the national <laughs> event, it, it's definitely a national event win. But man, that Tar Heel Championship is right there, hover, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, Don, again, man, we appreciate you taking some time to join us. Uh, very good discussion with you. Enjoyed it. I know our listeners will as well. And just uh, keep plugging for Team Jed, bud. Just keep fighting and get to as many races as you can we're pulling for you or at least i am well i appreciate that and i and i I can't get off the phone without making this comment just to kind of get a little little jab at luke so today when i told claire who was with us this weekend in chicago who watched gary moments throughout the weekend that i was going on luke and jed's podcast today she goes jed's the one that picked you right and I said, yeah. She goes, so why is it we're good enough to watch Luke's son, but when he's not, but we're not good enough to get picked? <laughs> Man, I guess I should have seen if Lester wanted to hang out with Gary. Huh? <laughs> hey. uh, well, now let's. What she should have heard, Don, was that Luke would have picked you, but I beat him to it. That's that's what that was the political answer. That would have that been sticking up for you. <laughs> well, also, I, I, you know, I can stick up for you really easy this way too. But you know, they are from Chicago, so they they kind of they kind of rough. Don, thank you for coming on with us, brother. I've enjoyed it. Man, thank you all very much for having me, and I appreciate everything that you guys are doing out there for the sportsman ranks and the and the sportsman racer, the little guy. So, thank you all very much as well. All right, bud. Thanks a lot. Have a great night and keep plugging. Yes, sir. See you, Don. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb? Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all win alone. Hearing them go on and on. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap! All right, Luke. Got uh, several more 
great races on tap for this weekend, which uh, is a wonderful thing for our sport. But, uh, we got racket racing, we've got class racing or, or sportsman racing, we got a little bit of everything. The Ultimate 64 is back this weekend at Killcare Dragway in uh, Ohio, and um, that's uh, a 50 grand shootout is the the main attraction there surrounded by some good races so i'm sure uh empty pockets or i think that was the i think that's mm-hmm. what randy and kelly call themselves uh, those guys are going to have another great event hopefully they're at kill care i'm sure they will always a good time at the ultimate 64 shootout go for the race stay for the party um lots of big racing going on in the state of ohio once again this has been a trend uh here which i guess makes sense as we enter into the summer months seeing some results from that the juniors luke have a major event for them the junior dragster showdown at us 43 dragway in etheridge tennessee just just across the Tennessee line, coming up out of Alabama. Uh, this event is a 15K, 20K, 15K for the juniors. Did you uh, just pe- say that's a junior dragster race for $15,000, $20,000, That Ooh. is a junior dragster race. Uh, I think they got a really good field of pre-entries. I don't know if it'll pay uh, that amount of money, but that is definitely an option to them, which is huge for these racers and these these kids. Uh, so looking forward to seeing how that works out. And uh, they're going to have our buddy PJ there performing. So that uh, PJ North will be performing at the Junior Dragster Showdown. That'll be pretty cool. PJ's a big part of our show, and I uh, hope that his performance goes well. Yeah, and on the NHRA side of things, we've got another national event coming up, hot on the heels of Chicago. The NHRA national event tour makes its way to Virginia for the first time in close to a decade. Yeah. Um, this is the, the, the event that uh, kind of replaced English Town last second. I believe this was added to the schedule in January. We talked to Kevin McKenna about it uh, when we had him on the show. So NHRA goes to Virginia Motorsports Park. It is no longer called the Virginia is for Lovers Nationals. That's a little bit of a retro throwback. I wish it was still called the Virginia's for Lovers Nationals. <laughs> and the NHRA Division Series makes its way to Division 4, uh, Tulsa Raceway Park. And I believe, I may be mistaken, I think there's a Division 6 race up in Mission, British Columbia this week as well. Um, for some reason, that didn't make our schedule, but I talked to a couple of guys at the at Chicago All-Stars Division 6 reps that were making the trek back across the country to Mission. So I believe that's this weekend as well. So a lot of great racing on tap. Good luck to everybody that attends those events. Get out to uh, definitely one of them, whichever one you can get to and enjoy yourself. And uh, we're wishing everybody out there that attends those and other races a lot of luck. But that's going to wrap us up. What a great show. I want to say thanks to our guest, Don O'Neill. It was great to have Don on talking about his latest victory. I want to say thanks to our sponsors the folks at Siebert Performance, the IHRA Summit Sportsman Spectacular, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. Special shout-out to all of those great sponsors. And speaking of shout-outs, Luke, bring it on. All right, yes. Uh, my favorite, what's quickly becoming my favorite part of the show, um, shout-out to Pudge, shout-out to Skirt. Um, that's Pudge, that's Mark Derrick. Skirt, that's Justin Vickers. Um, shout out to Pudge Rodriguez, because when I think Pudge, I, I think of the Texas Rangers catcher from my younger days. So shout out Pudge. Um, shout out to producer-in-law, Kevin. And speaking of Kevins, shout out to Team Kevin. That's Kevin McKenna. He's just oh. 
destroyed us this weekend. So oh, shout out Kevin McKenna. Um, I do want to shout out every Superstock competitor in the country, not named Anthony Bertozzi or Justin Lamb, <laughs> because guys, it's been real, it's been fun, but you're not going to win a world championship. One of those two oh. is. Uh, it's over. Yeah, it's a hova. Um, shout out to the state of Virginia because it is for lovers. Um, I'm actually not certain that Virginia is still for lovers, but at one time Virginia was for lovers, and I just think that's awesome. So, <laughs> shout out to Virginia. On a serious note, shout out to everybody that uh, helped me out with Gary over the weekend. We had a blast in Joliet, and and what otherwise might have been a, a, a mundane week. Shout out to the NHRA timing block for. <laughs> The great podcast material. We appreciate you, Block. Way to hang in. <laughs> Your shout-out game is at an all-time high, my friend. Wonderful job. Guys, be sure to tell us what you think about the show, whether it's good or bad. Hopefully keep it good, but no matter what, let us know what you think. Send us a message on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page, or you can at either Luke or I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G. A C K I and I am at JP11X. We appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you again next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bobbing for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>